being 18 years old, the first time I ever joined the church. Uh, you can tell I have a lot to be joyful about. Uh, I was like, crap, I have to take this crappy picture. Um, and the lady was trying to give me a smile the whole time. I mean, she was like saying everything you're supposed to be saying. I mean, and I was just literally stoic. I was just. I remember a time, a time when, when things were safer. I remember a time when, like, you guys don't remember what it's like to be uh, pre-9-11. You guys have no idea what that world was like. Um, you only remember it by based off of what we talked about. But I remember, I mean, at my age, I was able to, to ride my bike, you know, a mile and a half to the store with another friend of mine with no helmets on. I don't know if we even know what a bike helmet is. I don't know what elbow pads are. I don't know what knee pads are. I mean, we used to drive, I mean, we used to ride our bike all the way down and go get, I mean, spend an hour down there. We'd pick up chips, we'd play video games, we'd buy candy, and then we'd come riding back. And my parents had no clue where we were. It wasn't like we had to check in with them, it wasn't like we had to tell them where we were going. It was safe, it was a safe environment. You guys know nothing about that. I, I've told this story before, I remember when I was in second grade, I peed on myself. Um, in front of the whole class. I was that kid. I'll, I'll forever be the kid to pee on himself in second grade. No doubt, nothing I could have done um, about it. I was trying to show off and didn't use the bathroom when you're supposed to. Um, I remember a time when Emma fell down the driveway. Uh, I know she's like, what? I remember uh, she was like four. And you know, little kids, they just run. And you, you see it coming and you're like, don't, don't. I mean, you know, Audrey does it now. She runs down the driveway, full force. Well, of course, they're a little top heavy and they tumble. And I remember she busted, hit her knees first, the blood was just coming down. And we were like, Emma, Emma, and we sat her down, and she was like, no touch, no touch, no touch, no touch, it's really no touch. I'll never forget that. And it was like one of those things where like, we, don't we relate to that in a certain way with God? Um, we're there to help clean it off. We're there to help make it feel better. We know what to do, but we're no touch, no touch. I mean, when we get hurt, we don't want God to kind of come in and help us. I remember a time when, <laughs> you guys might remember this one. I remember a time at my last church when uh, the girls got stuck in the bathroom. Um, and uh, they went into the stall and locked it together when they were like five and they couldn't get out. So they thought they were literally stuck in the bathroom. Because I was out in the hallway and all I heard was screaming like somebody was in there with an axe about to butcher them up. I mean, it was so loud. I busted through the door thinking I was going to find somebody in there. And I was like, what, what, what? They were like, we can't get out. Really? I mean, can you, can you crawl? No, no. So I had to crawl in the bathroom under the stall. You know, I mean, it's about that high. Basically, I, I waxed the floor with my shirt and pants that day. To get under there, and I was—it was a safety thing. But I'll never forget that. I remember it um, as I was putting this together. And I, some of you guys might not know this. I remember a time when I didn't know God. I remember a time when I was 18 and under, when I had no clue who God was—not not an idea. Um, I knew that I didn't believe in Him, and I knew that uh, in my world He didn't exist. And so I remember that very clearly. Some of you guys—how many of you guys remember most of those TV shows? That we showed up. How many of you guys remember a TV show called JoJo's Circus? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. How many of you guys remember a, and, and this one will, I love this show secretly. Um, how many of you guys remember a show called High Five? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But I want you to know where this, where this series came from. I want you to kind of, and it's out of this book right here. 
Um, this series literally came off of one quote uh, based off of a reading that I did about three or four months ago that literally blew my doors off about life. So he writes this in this book, and I still haven't gotten, it's called A Million Miles in, in a Thousand Years, and I still haven't gotten to the meaning of the book yet. Um, and I've read about halfway through, so it's interesting when it comes out. But he says this. He says he captures memories. A friend of his starts writing in a book, and he started to capture memories. Because if he forgets them, it's as though they didn't happen. Uh, say that again. His friend captures memories because he, if he forgets them, it's as though they didn't happen. It's as though he hadn't lived the parts he doesn't remember. And I got to thinking about that. And I started asking questions of myself. Is life worth the effort if we can't remember it? Like, think about that. That's a, that's a deep thought. If we've got all this time that we can look back on and not remember anything, then was it worth the effort? Was it wasted time? Was it, was it something that we really shouldn't have been given our effort to in the first place? Like, think about that. How much better would our life be if we actually were doing things that were memorable? Instead of things that are easy to forget about. Like, think about that. How many of you guys have really not, how many of you guys, let's be honest, right? How many of you guys have sat in a church service and got nothing out of it? How many of you guys would be willing to admit that you've gotten something out of every service you've ever been to? That's awesome. That's awesome. I applaud you, but do you see how many people raise their hands in this room? One. That's what we should be doing, right? I mean, shouldn't we be doing that? I mean, that's, that's the way to live, right, Donna? Yes. Try to find something. You try to find something. I, and I do. I, I, I sit in services, and I, I try to find that thing, that one moment. And usually I can find it. But I have to go through a lot of boring things first in order to get there. So isn't that interesting? We fill ourselves up. Uh, let me think about this. Things that we do in order to waste time. Think about church being on that list. Yikes. Are we really wasting our time? I mean, it's a, it's a waste of time. If we're not getting anything out of it. I was talking to somebody the other day. I think it was Aaron Martin and I. We were in my office for about almost two hours. And we, I had my marker out, and we had we had two dry erase boards, and we pretty much made a plan for what we were going to do for the guys group all year. And we just sat and just came up, and they were flying, man. Things were coming up, and we'd erase some things, and things were coming up. It was so much fun. We didn't even know it was two hours later. And it was one of those moments that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. It was one of those moments where we were planning, we were tackling, we were thinking about somebody other than ourselves. And most of the time when I'm sitting here, I'm doing paperwork, I'm doing, trying to book retreats and plan things and get things done. Rarely do I get to spend the time that I want to spend on the things that I truly enjoy doing. And when I do get those moments, ah, I cherish it. And that's one of those just reality, but, but am, I, am I wasting time? And are you wasting time? And this is the thought that came out of it. You get out of it what you put into it. A lot of people will go, man, I hate church. It's so boring. Well, what you put into it? 
whatever did you literally give? That's what Donna was talking about. You've got to put an effort into it. A lot of times we want somebody to feed us. We want somebody to entertain us. We want somebody to do what they, what we think they should be doing to keep our attention. That speaker's boring. That band's awful. But it shifts when we realize we're the ones at fault. And so that's kind of where the scripture passages are going to go here in just a second. It's amazing um, how the Bible actually talks about this. But I want you guys to think about keep keep this question in mind. If you remember nothing outside of this, how would our life change if we actually lived every moment to make it memorable? We probably spend less time on Kindles. We spend less time on our phones. We spend less time watching TV, and we'd be doing a whole lot more serving. We do a whole lot more communicating. We do a whole lot more that was not centered around us. I started this, and you're going to get one by the end of the series. Um, this isn't the book, but this is my Bible. I've got a book just like this that I started. I literally read this quote, woke up the next day, told the girls, we're going to get journals. Did I not? We were going to go, and we went and bought journals. And I said, we need to start writing down memories. Because life is too precious to forget about. Life is, there's, there's, there's things in my past, there's things in my life that I have forgotten about that are almost instrumental to why I become the way I am and who I am. And they are for you as well. Now we said in the seed that you can't lie, your past can't lie. The future can lie, the present can lie, but your past can't lie. It's, it's already happened, it's, it is what it is. And so a lot of times you're going to hear at churches, you're going to hear people say, oh, don't look in the rearview mirror because it's just the past. You don't need to focus on the things that have happened in the past. Focus on the front. Keep going straight. And, you know, I look at that and I think, you know, that's, that's great. It's true. Yes. Let's focus on where we're going and where we're at. But you can't forget about where you've been. Whether it's good or bad, you can't forget about what you've done. Because it, it depends on how you've responded to the things that you've got in your past. Like, I think of Riley when I thought about this. I was thinking about you a lot today, Riley, about your baptism. You know, your baptism's in the past. Do you just forget about it? No. You build upon it. So we have these moments that we grow upon, we build upon, that have happened in our past. So I got this book, and I want to challenge everybody. You're going to get a, you're going to get a journal. And I want to challenge everybody in here to start writing down some things they remember. It's one of the coolest things. It's, it's opened my mind and expanded my horizons on a lot of my life. Because I spent the time and I sat down and went, okay, what was my earliest recollection? And I've made it to about nine years old, nine or ten years old. And I've got all these other ones that I'm waiting to write down. But wow. You know, I look back and go, my life wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Even though I had a lot of crap happen. There were so many great moments that I could look back on. And yet, I walked around like a lot of you guys sometimes during the day. Oh, man, life sucks. My parents, my school, I'm too busy. I'm too... I, I did the same thing. But looking back now, wow. Man, I had a pretty good life. I had a really fun life. There was a time when I was nine years old. I was, I was always one of the first people picked in the baseball game because I could pitch on the baseball team. And I'll never forget that it was the first game of the season when I played for the Dodgers. And we used to go, I was at Roswell, uh, I say Roswell Field, it was right before we moved to Roswell, so it would have been at J-Town. 
J-Town Field, we used to get these drinks called suicides. Anybody ever had suicide? Yeah. Where you basically go up and say, give me everything. And they go through and they hit a metal yellow coat, Mountain Dew Diet, I mean, Dr. Pepper, and they just fill it up. And you get it and it tastes nasty, but it's just part of the thing, you know, it just feels cool to be having a suicide. I'll never forget it. I got the suicide, I turned and I was heading back down to the field. And as I was going to drink it, one, a green bug, I, I remember seeing it, landed right on my tongue and I closed my mouth. And it stung me on my tongue. And I remember going, ah! what was that? And I saw the bug shoot out, I stepped on it to make sure it was dead. And then all of a sudden I got started feeling sick in my stomach. And I just, I couldn't drink my drink. I couldn't eat, I, I had bubble, the bubbly chewing gum, the big leaf chew. Oh, I love that stuff, man, that was so much fun. Walk around acting like I had, you know, I got a little professional, I had a big pouch in my pocket. Um, and I remember, I, was, I thought it was about to throw up. And that was when I was playing my, my best friend's team, the Giants. And he said, I'm gonna square and bunt on you. And I said, you better not turn to bunt, because I'm gonna, I, I hated charging off the mound because it had a wild pitching style. So when I came off the mound, I was always facing like first base in my back because I was putting so much into it, and I never covered my side. And I said, you bunt, I'm throwing at you. I mean, nine years old, I still remember this. And I was, I was already dizzy, I couldn't remember. I mean, I, I was out there sweating, feeling sick, and he went to bunt, turned to bunt, and I threw at him, and I don't remember, but it hit him. Unfortunately, nine maybe did not move, um, but he turned the butt like this, and it literally hit him between the eyes, knocked his helmet off, and he laid down, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean like I was gonna, is he dead? I would run to him, Grant, Grant! He's literally laying there, and I was like, oh, geez. And he got up and dusted it off, and he was like, man, I'm never swearing the butt on you again. And I was like, it was the bug, dude. I ate a bug, man. I swear it was the bug. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment. And then uh, coming out from Tennessee, I wrote this in the book because I, I kind of flipped to the back. A friend of mine and I went, picked up my aunt's car, and we drove from Tennessee to um, Atlanta. Right before Chattanooga, we stopped at a rest area. And every rest area I ever stopped on, the guys are on the left, the girls are on the right. That's how it's always been. I, I just got out and went to the guy, what was supposed to be the guy's bathroom. And I remember sitting in the bathroom. And I heard high heels. And I raised my feet up. I was like, oh no, you're kidding me. And then another lady comes in. They're talking. And I was like, how am I getting out of this one? <laughs> like, do I just burst out and go, hey! Gotcha! You're on camera! Like, what? I, so I just remember thinking, okay, wait till they get out, wait till you kind of hear a moment, the high heels left, toilet's reflection, and you're just like, yes, nobody's there. So I literally just flushed the toilet real fast, opened the door, and as I got out to do like this, here comes three ladies in the door, in the, in the door and I was like, hey ladies! And they were like, uh, and I was like, sorry, wrong bathroom, I, I, whatever. And I just kept going, and I'm running out of my bathroom. My best friend died in the car, because I was stuck in there for a good 15, 20 minutes. And he was like, I get in the car, and I'm like, art! He was like, that was hilarious! I even watched you go in the bathroom. I'm like, why didn't you roll the window down and yell at me or something? He was like, because it was going to be funny. <laughs> I knew you were going to be stuck in there, and I was like, dang it! Um, why is it good to remember our past? Allows you to see how God has been working in your life and how He's changed you. Yes, the past is really a, a window for us to look through to see how God has been working in our lives. 
it reminds us of exactly who we are and how we got there. Like, we can look back and think we got here on our own merits, that we got here on our own talents, we got here on our own. But if we really look back, we can see the opportunities in the areas of where we failed and where we haven't done so well and that we really shouldn't be where we're at. But yet we look back and we look at the parents that we have and we look at the situations we have and we look at, when you start looking behind you, you start seeing how well you actually have it in some ways and not necessarily how bad you have it. Let's read up here, 9, 15, 16. This is God speaking. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never see again. The, the, the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the, when the bow is the rainbow, when the bow is in the clouds, I see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on this earth. Going all the way back into Scripture, you can read moments when God says, I remember my covenant with you. I remember my covenant with you. I remember my covenant. My covenant with my people. My covenant with my people. God remembers. God makes his promise. He remembers. God doesn't go back on his word. God doesn't go back on what he has said and established. That's why today when we see rainbows, let's try to remember God and say, God, this is you. This is you. Because aren't rainbows pretty? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm a dude and all, but every time a rainbow comes up, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I just start imagining ponies probably at the bottom of it, you know, maybe a Lucky Charms guy down there, you know. Just, I'm waiting for glitter to come shooting out of it, you know. I want it to be something spectacular like that. But that's what it does. So in that, God remembers. God doesn't forget. But there's a passage in Deuteronomy that I was surprised actually appears a lot in Scripture. Deuteronomy 5.15 says this. You shall remember that, now you shall remember, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. I love that passage. Leave it up there for a second. It says, you shall remember us. We shall remember what we were, which was slaves. But we were all slaves. We were all slaves to something. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves, I mean, we were all slaves to sin. We're still slaves to sin in some ways. Because that's the fight of the natural body with the spiritual body. So here's what remembering does. When we say, remember when, I want you guys to remember very clearly who you are. Now remember last, the, the, in the service we did before this deceived, it wasn't so much who you are, but whose you are. Now we're going to get an opportunity to kind of start right where who you are. Because don't think of yourselves too high. Because when you do think of who you are, remember that you were a slave. Remember that you couldn't get yourself out of whatever you were into. That you needed a savior. That you needed somebody to reach down and pull you out. That's what we're supposed to remember. Remember when, remember when, remember when. How many of you guys, and this is, this is tough because most of you guys have grown up in church. How many of you guys remember a time without Christ? Wow. That's, that's stunning. I mean, it really is. That means that you're living this way. If you can remember a time without Christ, then you remember who you were. Because we were all slaves. We're all slaves to something. If you can't remember a time without Christ, 
then I'll just kind of say maybe your life hasn't been challenged enough for you to actually put your faith to the test. You haven't been driven to the place yet to find out if Jesus is real or Jesus isn't real for you. And there's coming a time. And this passage shows up in Ecclesiastes here in a second, I'll show you. But this passage shows up so much. God remembers those who don't take Him serious. Check this one out. Go ahead and show the verse up. Psalms 20, oh, Psalms, Psalm 74-22. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff, scoff at you all day. Defend your cause, God. Remember how the foolish scoff at you. God knows if you're here taking it serious. You know, when we think of scoff, you know, a lot of times you think curse, or you think um, something really bad. But to scoff at something means... Hey, man, wasn't church awesome today? <laughs> you just scoffed. You literally just went in. God wasn't there. Or what, what could God do today? It's us. It goes back to what I said at the beginning. We're at fault. Not God. We're at fault. And we scoff at God. God knows that. He remembers that. He knows where our hearts are. Have you guys ever been mad at God? I mean, for real mad at God. He knows. He knows. How many of you guys have harbored that? And never let it out and said anything? Good. I'm glad that you've been able to, to, to most of you, let it out. You don't want to harbor that. Because it turns into hate after that. But there's this passage in Ecclesiastes. So... Okay, so yeah, we're supposed to remember. Remember what? Remember when? Remember when what? The Bible actually tells us to remember our youth. So does the Bible say anything about the current place that you guys are in right now? Your current life situation and this series. It absolutely does. Check this out. Ecclesiastes 11, 8, 9 says this. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity, number nine. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that all of these things God will bring you into judgment. That verse right there, just keep that up, is humorous and damning at the same time. This is one of the things that I love about the Bible. And yet I hate about the Bible at the same time. Check this out. Walk in the ways of your heart and the side of your eyes. That means if your heart says do it, do it. If your heart's like, oh, I've got to have that, go get it. If the side of your eyes see it and it's pleasing, it's saying, enjoy those things in your youth, in your youth, right? It's all 